Anybody have a prayer request or anything on their heart? Thank you. 
among you and the Lord gave me a thought earlier in the week and, and he gave me a way to go with it and, uh, nervous uh, scared to death as I should be uh, as I go to try to do what he had me to do or see what he had me to say and uh, part of this in my heart as I always do, when searched out uh, what he had me to do and what he had me to say. And uh, he brought so many things my way. I was trying to rest of the night and I just couldn't sleep at all. He kept bringing things by my way and I just kept listening. I just prayed that I can get it out the way that he sent it to me. And uh, the thought is this <clears throat> what if this was the last time what if this was the last time what if this was the last time that we gathered together as we are here this morning what if this was the last time what would you have laid down and done differently yesterday if you knew that today was going to be the last time. Somewhere in the mathematical equations of life, there will be in your life a last time. What differences of opinions, what aggravations would you lay down at the feet of Jesus? if you thought that this was the last time. What prayer would you have prayed? What time would you have spent seeking God's will in your life if you thought this was the last time? What would you have asked God for if you knew that this was going to be the last time. What person would you ask God to save or what burden would you bear in your heart if you knew this was going to be the last time? And God got the roll of those things over my mind. I began to think about me and my life and my failures and my shortcomings. Because I've been on the both sides of where you can be with God. I've been on the side where I walk close with God. 
and I've been on the side where I didn't walk where God would have me to go. And I pay the consequences of that every day. Remind myself every day of my failure. Just every day. But the thought again is this. What if this was the last time? How important is what aggravates us or what burdens us and I'm speaking for me. I can't speak for your heart. I can just tell you this. This is something I figured out through my walk with God. Is I cannot figure out about you. I can only tell you that if I ever get my yard cleaned up, I'll come see you about yours. So this comes to me first and in a repenting way I have to seek out what God sent me. Okay? And how I thought about that, he gave that to me probably about two, and I probably thought 500 times about it. And searched it out in my heart about what if this was the last time. Because it is a truth. It is a truth that there will be a last time. Now, it may not be universal in this room, but it may be one of us next week missing. We don't have any control over that, and we don't have any idea of what God's plan is. There is a line that He's got set out there, and you will not cross it. That will be your end. That will be your last time. But if you think about that, if you knew today was going to be the last time, what would you do differently? Would you pray a little more? Would you have turned the TV off and gotten his word a little more? Would you have uh, laid the world to the side, forgot about our differences, forgot about your opinion or my opinions? What would you have done differently? Well, this done different. And God kept stirring that with me and stirring it without me. And then he started talking to me. And you'll find where I'm going to read in the book of Nehemiah. There's a lot in this. And a lot of things that God's working in this. And I've seen as I, again, I will speak as I. Because this can be important. You can put yourself in this if you want to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It depends on where you want to be with God. First chapter book of Nehemiah. I want to read a couple snippets to you before I get over into what God laid on my heart. First chapter of the book of Nehemiah, fourth verse says this. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God. Sometimes there's things, sometimes there's not things, sometimes there's burdens, sometimes there's just things that come to us that we have no choice. That just to sit down 
and seek God with your whole heart. Second chapter, second verse says this. I'm going to read a snippet out of this. It's going to say this. Why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? You ready? <clears throat> this is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Sometimes God's going to get you in a place where you have to just hang your head and know who He is and know who you are. Okay? Know who He is and know who you are. And how unworthy that you are. And your righteousness is filthy rags in His sight. But how that God is able to do all things. But sometimes He has to get us in place. Sometimes He moves things around to remind us who He is. Sometimes He moves you around in your spiritual life to remind you who He is. He is a great, wonderful, righteous Heavenly Father, worthy to be praised. Sometimes someone will look on you, and this is what the king said to him Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow. So, in his humbleness, in his prayer, and the desire to see God work, and willingness to go see about the children of Israel, I'm explaining you something to God. And you didn't even see this coming, but I want you to explain this. I'm going to read this to you. We're going to go over in the 10th verse of the second chapter of the book of Nehemiah. It says this, When Sanballat the Hornite and Tobiah the servant, the Amorite, heard of it. Those were the sins of Lot. They heard that Nehemiah was coming. Okay? And this is what would happen. They heard he was coming. And this is what they said. It grieved them exceedingly that there was a that was come a man to seek after the welfare of the children of Israel. So when you get on your face and you get humble before God and you get a burden for the church, someone's mad. Someone's gonna be mad. Why is it? It says right there. It grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man. Seek the welfare of the children of Israel. What are you doing over here? We've been destroyed all this yeah. stuff. We're the victors. We win. Mm-mm. God just sent somebody down there. There's trouble coming. God just sent somebody down there. There's trouble coming. God can come to see you. You back up. Get in your place. Trust me, I was five hours last night looking at this. I was six o'clock this morning looking at this. This is not for me. You better hear. You better listen. I had to hang my head. I had to hang my head in sorrow of the heart. I did. I got it first. I can't worry about where you're at. I just I'm just the messenger. I am the least among you. 
But I'm telling you, heed this. Listen to what he said. It grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare. How dare you come to the world? You and your God. And it says, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I want you to listen to what God says right here. Now listen, this is very important. I want you to listen to what God says right here. And I arose in the night. I and a few men with me. Now listen what this says. You can ask my wife. And I love her my heart. Don't get me wrong. And I hide something. I'll throw everything in camp up my Bible. If I got two or three spread out on the table right there, I'll throw some on top of it. God. It's between me and God. See, I, I don't get my marching orders, but straight from here. That's where I get my marching orders, for sure. Okay, that's where I want to be. I don't talk to anybody. I don't conversate. I don't ask opinions. I sit down in my heart and stir and listen to what God has me to do. And then that's what you get. But I have to sorrow the heart. I have to seek him. But it says this. And I rose in the night. I had some few men with me. Neither told I any man what God had put on my heart to do at Jerusalem. He talked about the Lord. He left it right there. God, you work it out. God, you tell me what to do. I don't I don't want somebody else's. I don't. No, I just want him to talk to me and tell me what he wants me to do. I am the least among you, but I am willing to sit down and sit everything aside and leave myself and my troubles and my fears outside that door up there and come in this place. It's a holy place. This is a holy place. We need to respect the sanctuary. <laughs> Neither told I any man what God has put on my heart to do. Neither was there any beast with me. Save my beast of Now we're going to skip down. And as you can see, he makes a journey. Went up the brook by night, viewed the wall, turned back, entered into the gate of the valley, so returned. I want you to listen to the 16th verse, what it says. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told the Jews, nor the priests, nor the nobles, nor the rulers, nor the rest of them. God told him what to do. He didn't need to talk to him. He had a journey. He had a job to do. He has something to do. And whether the world accepted it or not. But you see what it says. It grieved him exceedingly that it was come a man to seek the welfare of children. When you go to working for God, you might as well expect there's going to be some grief. There's going to be some trouble. I've heard around this place lately a lot of grief and trouble in this place. A lot of grief and trouble in this place. To the point, I was sorrow of heart. I was. You know what I've done? I searched myself. I didn't look to you. I love you. I didn't look to you. I didn't look to you. Because 
I know that I've been on both sides and I know how it is. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You you want to find somebody better. You find somebody that's not where God is going to be. A saved, born again child of God that's not where he wants to be. You are miserable. Can I say that like this? I point this, this. I was miserable. With no peace to be found. That was a different kind of sorrow in the heart. I'll tell you about a minute. Seventeen verse says this. Then said I to them. Ready? Then said I to them. You see the distress we're in. See the world when they went to do something for God, they didn't meet with rave reviews. There was not a lot of people there. They'd already destroyed God's people through their disobedience was down. And they were being enslaved and they were <coughs> took over and doing what these people wanted them to do. And God sent somebody to build that back in. God sent somebody to build that back in. And they were mighty. They were upset. Uh, it says right there, exceedingly great. Mighty. When you go to stepping up and doing what God had you to do, Move a few things out of the way, get close to God. There's going to come some controversy. Just expect it. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be. God didn't say it'd be easy, He just said He'd give you grace. Time and time again, you see the battle. But you see, they knew the God that Nehemiah served was fixing to tear some stuff up. Run him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then said out of them, You see the distress that we're in, that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth in waste and the gates thereof are burning with fire. Ready? Come. Come. And let us build the wall of Jerusalem. Listen to this. I want you to listen. What God inspired this to write this down. I want you to know this. I want you to listen to this. That we be no more God fix a fix this thing. Through their disobedience, but through one man's obedience. Okay? Through their disobedience, they were down. And God laid on somebody's heart to see that. We've talked about this now before we talk. He also made safe passage. It's in here. On the journey, God made safe passage. And timbers. Provisions. God will give you provisions. He'll give you a safe passage if you follow the truth. Might start with a song in the heart. I'm telling you, I put my face down. I put my face down and I searched my heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't search for it. 
I don't have anything, no all against nobody in this room. Nothing. I just know how the devil works. Amen. And I know the figures that I've been. Yeah, me too. I don't want nothing. I don't say nothing. We'll get to that in a minute. We ain't done yet. Going 18 first, it says, Then I told them of the hand of my God that was upon me. And also the king's word that he has spoken And they said, Let us rise up and build. So that they strengthen their hands for this good work. Ready? Here it comes. We ain't done yet. We're not done yet. Ready? But when Sambalat, the Hornite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Amorites, and Gisham, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn. The devil was back and laughed at us. Truth. Look down at you. I'm going to laugh at you. And despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? We rebel against the king. We've already, we already got this straightened out. We've got the king here and everything else. You people are down. They're servants. We tore this thing down. We've got this thing took care of. Who are you to come in here? Who are you to come in here and say this? Who are you? Left in the school. I was funny, didn't well, Let me explain to you. I'm going to read this to you and I want you to listen. Then answered I them. Stood up and said, All right, here we go. Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven. The God of heaven. He will prosper us. He will prosper us. He will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. Okay? Now, you ready for this? This is the part they don't like. You ready? We will arise and build. Ye, you. He have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. Get no business being here. That's what God. Man, talk. Listen that. Then I answered them, said unto them, The God of heaven, He will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will rise, arise, and build. But ye have no portion. No right, no memorial. You ain't got nothing. Now we're going to go over. <coughs> Seventh chapter, Second Corinthians, eighth verse. We're going to have a little explaining to do. Remember that. No portion. 
He built the gate and he, he brought that city back and brought God's people back. Seventh chapter of the book of Corinthians, eighth verse says this. And this is one I just put my face down and had to really, really search me. Again, I'm just telling you what God sent me. And I had to wear this first. And I had to repent. And I had to get my face down and ask God to help me. For though I made you sorry with the letter, I do not repent. Now catch that. I want you to listen to what God just told us. Though I made you sorry with the letter, I do not repent. Though I did. Did you catch that? Did you catch what God just told us about? I'm sorry that you were hurt. I'm sorry that God's word offended you. But I'm not going to take it back. I did repent. Get that. In other words, I want you to get where God can use you, and I want you to do what God would have you to do, and I want you to be what God would have you to be. And I'm sorry if this offends you. But I repented of it. See, I can't fix anything. I gotta work on the money looking. So though it I'm not gonna take it back because God gave it to me. But I'm gonna I repent inside my heart whenever I would read it. For I perceive that the same apostle that made you sorry, though it was but for a season, it's a little while. Now I rejoice. Not that you've made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. We're not here to hurt you. We're not here to hurt you. And if anything comes first, if anybody gets something on their heart, and anything you try to do for God, you better search out your heart. You have to wear it first. You have to wear it first. Do you understand that you have to wear it first? So if you hear anybody trying to work for God, know this. If their word God can use them, they've had to wear it first. And they mean you no harm. They mean you no harm. 
And this is not popular. And it gets left to school. We mean no harm. But we still get on our face and ask God to help us. Do what we have you to get absolutely. Say what we have to say. And I'm telling you, it I sat down and chewed on this and it's like, oh my gosh. Lord, you're gonna have to help me with this. You know what he did? I want you to listen to this. For godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of. Sorrow of the world. There's sadness out there in the world. Yes. But there's no value. Godly sorrow brings repentance unto salvation. See, in Matthew it says it's needful that offenses come. Why is that? He says it's needful that offenses. The whole world is offended. <coughs> But the Bible said it's needful that offenses come. Why is that? Because offenses lead to repentance. And repentance to salvation. So your ways that you are, and we are, and I am, I speak in the I am, need to be repentant. I tell my kids a lot of times, I say, you don't have in this house? They don't like it. See what we have? A lot of unrepented sin. You got to surprise you don't triple the rug you're walking Because you just sweep it under there and open it in the back. Kind of a popcorn kettle of black of sorts. You ever do that? You ever sweep it under the rug? Yeah. I was thinking about this as I was praying. I was thinking about this. I'd be the car gonna be wore down to the frazzles. But it ain't. We don't use it. We don't need it. We ain't wrong. I don't know about you. I just know me. And I get wrong. I don't know about you, but I get out of sorts. And I have to find a place for me. What about you? I'm working on my yard. Still needs a lot of work. But as you go to begin to do something for God, you'll soon find out pretty quick. And I mean pretty quick. That not what everybody is. There's no big eyes, little you at all. Nothing. Because each and every one of us that's belong to God has been in either place. Doesn't matter who you are. I'm telling you, the devil will work on any one of us. Anytime. Somebody said, How long does it take to get that way? Right there. But as you begin to work for God, you're gonna laugh at your scorn. Don't mock you. It's gonna mock what you're doing. It's gonna mock what you're doing. 
but don't talk about it more. Get on your face and talk to God with us. Get that sorrow, godly sorrow in your life. Godly sorrow in your life. God forgive me or I failed you. God help me do better today than I did yesterday. We got all can move up. But it's your choice whether you do or not. You know a lot of times what we do? We don't. We don't. We don't. And then said out of them, you see the distress we're in? Where do you think they come from? Everybody being happy in the Lord? Enemies raging. Not everybody's happy. At least not happy in the Lord. Let us build up the wall of Jerusalem. That we be no more of a crowd. Let us get in a place where God would have us to be. Even the world for the world of life. Even though there's times when we don't like it. When the word hits you, I don't want anybody just jubilant about it. You? Anybody tickled to death? No man. I remember years ago, preacher preaching and preached about the Saturday night singing. Everybody at the ball game and eating pizza. But in my life, he said that didn't bother me a bit. He said, we was watching a movie and had taco. <laughs> There's where we're at. There's where we're at. It's a repentant way. We need to leave ourselves out there and come in here and <coughs> seek to build a wall around that the enemy can't come through with God's help. Why? Directly. We need to be in a place where somebody has some godly sorrow. But what if this was the last time? What if this was the last time we get it? Maybe or will be. Tell your truth. Maybe or will be. What if this was the last time? What would you have done differently? Would you have listened a little more? Would you have not taken it the wrong way? Would you have had some godly sorrow? Would you have been concerned? Would you have been a little less worried about what's going on after church or tomorrow or the troubles that's coming tomorrow or whatever it's going to be? Would you have worried a little bit less about that if you thought this was the last time? It was the last chance that you had. The last chance that you had to be what God would have you to be. Say what God would have you to say. Sing what God would have you to sing. Preach what God had to preach. Teach what God had to teach. What if this was the 
And I want to work too. I want to see our church grow. I want to see me grow. I want to see the lost saved. I want to hear about the lost being saved. And I'm ready for the roof to come off that we shouted so high, so loud. I'm ready. I'm ready for the for the carpet to be worn out. I'm ready to see the benches walk. I ain't seen that in a long time. I'm ready to see people shout that I've never seen shout. I'm ready to see people get up and move that I ain't seen move. I'm ready to see people, three or four preachers, teach or preach at the same time. I am ready. Behold, because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I am ready and excited. Wait to see it. I'm ready for people to start walking the benches too. I've not seen that since I was a child. And when the older ladies in our church, they would get up and they would run the benches and just shout, praise God. And I'm ready for that. Is there not a call? That's what we're fighting for right there. Anybody in? Thank you. 